everyone, and welcome back to RPG R&D. I am one of your hosts, Jess Geyer. I'm one half of Wannabe Games, and I make tabletop role-playing games. And I'm here with my co-host, Craig Campbell. Hello, Craig. Hello, Jess. I am Craig Campbell. I'm the owner of Nerd Burger Games, and I, too, make tabletop role-playing games. Uh, and as always, once again, here, returning to the show... Trumpet fanfare. <laughs> Jeffrey, thank you for coming back. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Wow, I earned a trumpet fanfare. <laughs> I think that's a first. Is that, did I get, is it a certain, uh, like a ranking of guests? Like if you come enough times, you earn different uh, types of introductions? Because that's oh, pretty, no. it's a pretty cool incentive to come back. <laughs> I like that idea. That's fun. Like the five-timer jacket for Saturday Night Live? That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I want exactly. is a jacket. I want a jacket. I love jackets. <laughs> I actually, this is true. I do have a collection of Hollywood and tech industry jackets. Um, so I get I get them on eBay. And uh, if you, you can find them if you search for the term film and TV crew jackets. Because a lot of the productions, they'll give their like their team, like a jacket at the end of a season as a way, as like a thank you gift. Cause it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of hours and stuff, extra hours that you put in. And so uh, I've got the crew jacket for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, <laughs> for Hercules, um, for uh, the movie Weird Science, but also some tech industry ones. I have a Nintendo jacket and an America online jacket. Oh, that's cool. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm uh, slowly but surely I'm building this unusual jacket. Oh, so I'm, I'm so I've always can be tempted to do anything by an unusual jacket. They they <laughs> the featured weird that. science. Oh baby, they yeah. featured that in the, <laughs> the movie. Nope, they had um, mm. the the guy, the main character, wears the Scorpion King jacket. Right, <laughs> that's right, that's right. He does. It's very fun. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's great. Yeah, that movie's really good. <laughs> it is really good. Um, the I gave uh, I, I gave the soundtrack to my wife for Christmas this year, and oh, I, and I gave I we, for the Scorpion we, King. <laughs> it would be really funny if I gave her the Scorpion King soundtrack, and it was like it was featured in the movie you actually like. No, <laughs> get it? Um, and and it's a great uh, it's a great vinyl uh, the Nope uh, vinyl collection. It's really uh, it's really really luxe. It's lovely. Um, I watched Nope on an airplane, which is an interesting place to have the realization that if aliens were to show up to abduct me, I'm kind of screwed. Like there's <laughs> no place to go. <laughs> yeah, you are you are trapped in a middle of flying tube at that point. Well, yeah, just I mean, yeah. don't look at it if you can if you can help it. That may help you considerably. Uh, <laughs> Um, we are not talking about extraterrestrials or Jordan Peele movies. We are talking about zines. Zines. Someday we should talk about those things. But yes, we're talking we about zines today. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have on past episodes. We have talked yeah. about extraterrestrials. <laughs> we may bring, there may be some extraterrestrial talk and talking about zines. Because I feel like uh, a lot of the premises of zine RPGs are pretty wild and have some, some, uh, and draw on some unusual uh, reference material and subject matter. So we may well get back into uh, aliens and and unusual sci-fi tales uh, as we discuss scenes. 
Yeah, well, for reference, um, when we're recording this episode, it's January 13th, uh, and that means this episode will come out, if all goes well, will come out just before zine month starts which is February. I don't know. It's I no, no one ever tells me. It's kind of like I never actually know what day Thanksgiving is or Christmas for that <laughs> matter. I know it's like the same time every every year, but I actually don't know. So next week when you hear this for the first time if you're catching it, um is the beginning of Z month uh over at Kickstarter and I actually don't know a lot about Zine month and the various things, but I do know a lot about zines. Um, if any of you, I mean, Jeffrey, you're the one who chose this topic. If uh, you want to give yeah. a breakdown of it, or if Craig wants to give a breakdown of it, I'm happy to happy to hear about it. Yeah. What is, uh, well, I guess if you're, if you don't know what zines are, that would be a good place to start. Uh, zines, which is uh, taken as short for magazine, um, but they're very different than magazines, than traditional magazines. Zines, are basically the way I would design it and describe it is homemade publications. So these are publications that are made not by big corporations, but by individuals. Um, usually when we think of zines in the classic sense, we're often thinking about like zines that like, like, like um, publications that are made like by a person at Kinko's, you know, it's like, okay, I clipped out uh, some illustrations from magazines. I pasted them onto pieces of paper. I wrote, you know, an article on it in with pen or Sharpie or something. I photocopied myself. I folded it myself. I stapled, staple bound, you know, it's very classic. And I'm giving them away at maybe a punk rock show uh, or, you know, or at a Comic-Con, I'm self, generally speaking, self-distributing. Um, that's the classic zine. Now, I the definition, I think, or what counts as a zine has changed, I think, considerably since uh, since the 1980s when I, you know, first came across uh, zines. Um, but uh, it, they've changed considerably. I think they've gotten more deluxe uh and things that I would be surprised to hear called zines are being called zines now, but that's another story. So anyway, I, I would describe <laughs> them as home. I would describe them as homemade publications and they have been embraced uh, by the tabletop gaming community. And you will find uh, TTRPG source books uh, that are distributed as zines. And I think that's probably what we'd be talking about uh, a lot today, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, zines have a long history uh, rooted in, like, punk culture, and, I mean, really, when you think about it, it, it does go all the way back to, like, um, revolutionaries spreading pamphlets about their various political activities and ideas, or, um, you know, even religious ideas, uh, and, yeah, it's, it, it is, I think, I think when it just does come down to it, they are those, it is, like, a small crew created here's my thing everything in here is just like this is what i've done like here we go um like right now when when you talk to people doing ttrpgs i think a lot of like the focus on scenes is the actual like what it looks like the medium of it so it's it's paper it has staples it's a only a couple pages it's a little idea um but i feel like when we look at the history we're like really 
it, it's hard for me to separate the idea of a zine from being something that is a radical idea, that is a counterculture idea. Um, I, you know, I, I'm in, I've been involved in various political groups that have a lot of zines um, as our main form of literature. Um, you get zines at, after punk shows, which are often linked to this those very same um, political movements. Um, and I've also made zines and distributed them for various political causes um, um, for, for, for various reasons, one or another. Um, and most of my experience with those have actually like creating them has actually not been within TTRPGs at that point. Like not, not like the zine, like the countercultural type of zine. Um, but I have made what you might consider a, a zine before in TTRPGs. I'm, I was scare quoting there. Uh, <laughs> you can't see that as you're listening, but I was doing a little bunny ears. <laughs> but your, your, your vocal intonations reflected the, the quotes. So yeah. To, yeah. To, to throw into the pot on that, I would argue, too, that zines in the earlier forms where we where, we, where you think about like homemade was because that was the only way right. you could make them is that at best you had access to a mimeograph machine or a photocopy machine um, or you had a like mimeograph. rogue, rogue access. Yeah, yeah. Right, if you want to go back to the 60s and 50s, <laughs> rogue access way back in the day to somebody you could get a somebody with a printing press to press, you know, to, to print stuff. Um, but, you know, in the modern day, you have access to services that will print and bind a thing for you that isn't tied to a publishing house, that isn't tied to some larger corporation. It's just like anybody can send their thing off to this company to put this thing together for you. And you could do it yourself, but you could also have them do it. So it's just a, a, it's it's the means that are available because of the technology. You can still fill the zine with a lot of different varieties of things, including anywhere from like some of the stuff we're going to talk about, which is like, oh, it's like a little game or a little supplement to a game that already exists. Or if you wanted to get into like something that was more um, subversive or um, speaking with a dissident voice and 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 being uh, more political um, and hearkening to the history of zines being kind of the way people who didn't have access and who uh, weren't represented um, to to get their ideas out. Yeah, the, um, I, I go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think in some ways, a good, like uh, an analogy to zines would be like the mixtape in hip hop. Like, though there are, there's like an implication with the mixtape that it was like, it's like homemade, that it was like, you know, made outside of the, the you know, recording system, you know, outside of the music industry system, and that, you know, they're taking chances, but also you may listen to a mixtape and it's like, this sounds just like something that a studio would produce. Like it sounds as good because the technology now is as good, you know? So uh, it may be hard. You may be listening to something that's on a mixtape, but you may not know that it's on a mixtape, that it was illegally used samples or whatever. It wasn't distributed to the music industry. You may just be, be listening to it and you'd be like, oh yeah, this just sounds like, like, uh, you know, a hit rapper, you know, releasing a, a hit song, you know. Um, so in that way, yeah, the technology has changed considerably um, over the years. So it's, I, I always used to worry when I bet. So years and years ago, I published zines uh, and I ran a publishing house uh, called The Devastator with my partner, Amanda. And uh, the two of us uh, would publish zines all the time, would publish zines all the time. Uh, and, you know, we were like a very small indie publisher. Um, 
but we we published dozens of comedy and humor zines. And I thought it was like a really good format for that because it was like, oh, like this is an idea that is like perfect for like eight pages. Like it's like, um, you know, uh, algebra for basic bitches. Like it was just like a <laughs> like a parody math book that was designed for someone who doesn't have just like, yep, this is this is couldn't do this for a whole book. We couldn't do this for a hundred pages, but for eight, like very funny, you know. Yeah, and you and you couldn't justify, oh, I'm going to invest a bunch of money into the production of this thing too. Right. Like that that's really like that's that's the nice thing about zines. They are not supposed to cost you a lot of money. They're supposed to cost you uh the paper and the supplies to make the zine with. Um we get a little loosey goosey with that in like during zine month um sometimes these zine month projects uh take off and you know sometimes they are like really highly heavily produced but again like when we're when we're talking about if i'm talking about the counterculture of ttrpgs i'm talking about the 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 fight against like an overly produced i'm saying this with such negative connotation like this overly produced lots of art a huge team, all their hands in it, some sort of TTRPG that has, oh, and the rules have to make sense, has to be super balanced, has to blah, 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 blah. No, you don't need any of that. It can be, like, it can be just an idea. One idea and a silly little goofy drawing, and that's it. That's a zine. Um, So I, I love, I love that. I also love the aesthetic. I love, like, the cutout photocopied aesthetic we put that into moonpunk moonpunk was really inspired by zines although it's not a zine um we called it a zine aesthetic uh which i think now is a very silly thing to have said but it is what i said <laughs> it is what i said when i was promoting the game to begin with um and uh i i would love to see more of that in people's booths i know i don't know like I know people are talking about more of that in like at these bigger conventions. Um, but I think like the hard thing is convincing a gaming audience to buy into that idea too, because our like non-designer gaming audiences, I feel like are still pretty used to that traditional type of game. Like something that's produced has really cool art is, it's not going to have any errors. Like all of, like they're used to that and a zine is not necessarily going to be that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that you see it more in, you know, like what, what, what we kind of alluded to earlier kind of talked about is that, you know, zines in the RPG realm, at least the ones that are being done kind of as part of the zine month and that, and that's like Kickstarter zine quest, but then other, crowdfunding platforms have done it too. Like everybody's sort of kind of rolled into February and that's like when it happens, even on other platforms. Um, and it's like, it's a place to put like some little thing that doesn't necessarily have a place. It, like you don't need a hundred pages to have this game. You don't need a hundred pages to have a little supplement that does this thing or like a do a little zine. That's like, here's 101 horror story ideas. 
And, you know, right. you need, you need, you know, 30 pages to write those up and have like a couple sentences that kind of give you a neat idea for a way you could do a horror story or a little twist you could put into a horror story. And I've seen zines that do that sort of thing where it's just, it's almost like there's, there might be a little bit of production value to kind of make it look kind of spooky and creepy because it's a horror thing. Right. But it's otherwise like mostly just text. That's just, you know, putting these, these ideas in your brain. Um, and like I did, I've done a few of these during zine month. And the only, the one that kind of actually became a bit of a thing, which was for, was, is low stakes. And I continue to sell it and I, it sells at conventions and it sells fairly well online and at conventions. And it's basically, I, I found myself hearing people when, when the TV show and to an extent the movie as well, but the TV show, what we do in the shadows was getting, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of people are talking about it. Like in the geek sphere, it was it was becoming big and everybody's talking about it. And people are like, well, what system would you use to run a game that's like what we do in the shadows? And everybody would suggest this horror system or this vampire-centric system. And I was like, every single one of those is wrong. I'm going to design the one that this game should actually be because I'm going to make it like the TV show where it's mostly about people who just, these monsters, these gothic monsters who can't get their act together, who are really terrible at modern day things, who have constant, you know, are constantly butting hands with each other. They have, they have their own agendas um, and their own kind of foibles that get in the way of, of actually accomplishing things. And it's really about, it's really just a, you know, a bunch of roommates don't get a long story. Um, but I'm going to wrap, you know, monsters around it. And so I made a little zine that did that. And I happened to get lucky and it hit like right when what we do in the shadows was kind of big in the zeitgeist at like season three. Um, and it did very well and people still buy it. And it's not, I mean, it's, it's one step up from cut and paste art. Like it's very simple black and white art. There's some stuff that's literally just like, um, like I put cobwebs in the corner, you know, <laughs> and it's just like line work cobwebs. Um, like and uh like little a little drawing of fangs you know just like stupid stuff for spot spot illustrations to kind of fill space on on a half you know half empty page um and it was because that game idea doesn't need 150 pages um it needs a, a way for you to be able to tell these kind of very specific kind of sitcom type stories um and i think that you know that's where uh, rpg zines kind of live is in that realm of this doesn't need a lot more. We can do it very easily in just a handful of pages. And there is a bit of that um, sort of DIY aspect to it, because I think more than in other games that you see on Kickstart, you know, getting kickstarted or getting produced by different uh, designers and publishers and so forth, the zine thing gets embraced by people like they only do a zine thing. Like once a year they do, they got this idea and I do this thing and I'm not really out to necessarily like be running around to conventions and selling my stuff. And I'm not a game designer or they don't consider themselves that, but they've got this cool idea and they make this little thing because it's like, I can. And during this period of time is when it's really kind of embraced and everybody talks about it. So people might actually find it. So they're just encouraged by the fact that it's available or, and that, that there's this audience that kind of comes out of the woodwork every year um, looking for that thing. And so they get inspired and they make a little thing where they otherwise wouldn't necessarily go down that road. They find something that they're passionate about that they think I can contribute this little thing, even though that's that might be, you know, for some of the people that make zines, that might be the only thing they ever create in that vein in the RPG industry, you know, in the RPG realm. They may never write or design another game or contribute to another book or anything like that. They may just like, I did this little zine thing that I thought was cool. It was fun and people liked it. Yeah. And, and, you know, 
to, to each their own. I mean, that there's, there shouldn't be, I mean, there, there's, uh, you know, yeah. It, it, what's great is that, I think we were talking about this earlier, is that like the original, you know, reason that zines came about was because it was like the only way you could publish something independently, cheaply enough, where and distribute it that where it made sense. And, uh, you know, same is true here. You know, not everybody will have the opportunity or have the ambition or have the desire to do a major mainstream, you know, do a big Kickstarter project or work for a big gaming company or what have you. And so, yeah, this is a, a way to sort of play in the space and have some fun and create something that they, they could play with their friends and maybe uh, some other folks will want to play with their friends too. Um, but I, I think, Jessica, you, you brought up something interesting, which is that like a lot of mainstream uh, gamers may not uh, may not be interested in zines. And I wonder maybe what, you know, uh, what is the value like you, in your in, in y'all's eyes? Because uh, I can see like bringing novelty to the table is like, I think, very worthwhile. Um, you know, it's it's fun. I mean, you know, there's certainly with the bigger games. There's a lot of variety within them, but I think even so, it can be nice to sort of take a break and and try something new and different, you know, and mix yeah. things up every so often. Um, but there's, a, and I think it's cool to support independent artists making the things that we love, and uh, you know, that's a cool way to do it um, while having fun. Um, but yeah, well, I, I'm curious to think what would you what do you all think about that in terms of like the the sale the sales pitch for zines? So. I I'm the president of the IGN right now, and I've been a member not as long as Craig has been a been a member. Um, but I know that like during my tenure as a member of the leadership team and seeing the booth and how the booth is run and everything that goes into it for the past several years, um, when this like really big boom of like TTRPG zines have has really come about. Um, not saying that they weren't around before. It's just like I feel like there's a little renaissance. Um. That yes, while, and I know that I was the one who brought this up, but yes, while there's like this traditional mainstream audience that wants something like D&D, they want something like that. And that's what they want to play. There are tons and tons and tons of people who are either getting into the hobby or um, are wanting to to use something from the last episode, get out of a rut of their of their gaming. They want these smaller games uh, and they want them for a couple different reasons. Number one, they want something new and weird. They like new and weird stuff. That's it's totally not just in the zeitgeist, but people like that kind of stuff. They they want to try these little ideas. They want even just to have them. Like this is a funny joke. I like this funny joke. I will buy that because it made me laugh. Like even stuff like that. So people want that. Um, they want to try. They want to try to mix up their their gaming in one way or another as well they don't want to do the traditional fantasy thing they don't want to do a big book that's another reason um number three and four is both like they're linked it's like this concept of how much time is this going to take if i'm bringing this to my game table a zine feels like oh this i can play in just like one little setting like one little shot with my friends a couple hours i could even play this after the convention after the convention hall closes let's hey i found this zine let's go play it right now and you could just do it because a lot of zines have this idea that like oh you could really kind of just pick up and play there's not a lot of preparation needed or anything like that 
and also the price, the price point. Um, zines are less expensive than a hardcover 300 page book with all this art, you know, all this production, because those are going to cost you a little bit more. And you're already I'm, I'm using convention goers as my example here. You're already at a convention. You're already spending a bunch of money. Why would you buy one big game or two big games when you could buy a lot of little games? A lot of people <laughs> feel this way. And yeah. this is like, it's even more true for younger gamers. And if you want to keep your audience alive, you want to keep them ready for your books. You want to keep this hobby going strong. We do also have to appeal to uh, like as many people of the audience as possible. And that means younger gamers. It means queer people. It means um, more people from marginalized genders. And it means more people from different social and economic backgrounds. All of those you can capture um, just from a purely business point, you can capture them with a zine. And then also you get to do all those things too. You get to make a game that doesn't cost you a lot of money, that lets you try something for a shorter period of time because a zine is going to take you less time than it would for you to build. Like, Craig, how long does a Capers book take? I'm sure it takes a very long time. You, <laughs> putting, out a, putting out low stakes did not take you that long. Putting out no. your other zines did Punch not take that you that long. Punch that thing out in a month. Exactly. Like you can, you have a quick turnaround. It can feel very revitalizing for you. So from your point of view, it doesn't cost you that much. doesn't cost you that much time. And you can like, just try some new stuff out. So both of those things combining um, in tangent, like you can have a nice variety of everything. Um, uh, and a zine will help get you there. I agree. I'll <laughs> add, uh, I, I th those are all great points. And I, I, I'll add that I think it also is a good way to uh, experience designs from marginalized creators, from mm -hmm. uh, POC creators and LGBTQ creators who uh, have less access to, you know, mainstream publishers. It's just, you know, they're they're generally underrepresented, but you may be able to find those those games, those projects, you know, at a zine fair or at a, you know, at a gaming convention going to their tables. Um, so uh, or on, or as part of uh, zine month or a zine quest. Uh, so uh so yeah i think that's worth that's worthwhile too and you can also you, like when you buy a zine you're pretty much guaranteeing that the money you're spending on it is going to the creator and like paying them for their work and it's not as diluted among again like a huge team or even a corporation in the case of a place like watsi paizo and uh and it's also uh it's it's a it's a low commitment kind of thing. So as a, as a designer talking to you, dear listener, if you should want to design something, it's low commitment. It's like I I said, I'd like most of the things I made for Zine Month has been like I punch it out in a, you know, uh, I punch it out in a month. I I write the thing, I play test a couple times just to make sure it doesn't like there's it's not garbage. Like it, it basically mm -hmm. does what I try to do, tweak it a little bit, and and off we go. Um, and for people who are buying it, it's low commitment. It's like you can buy this thing, and you sit down and you play it one time with your friends and it's like, well, you spent, you know, if you, if you got a PDF, maybe you spent single digits of dollars. If you got a physical copy, maybe it cost you 10 bucks. Um, and you got a few hours of enjoyment out of it. Like that's going to a movie. That's better than going to a movie. Um, as far as dollars for hours of enjoyment. Um, and then if you never play it again, Hey, you know, it was a fun little thing. It costs next, you know, it, it costs very little. Um, if it becomes a thing, if it becomes your Friday night thing that you play, like you play this game with with your friends every Friday night, well, then now it like that's incredibly uh, cost effective um, uh, for for people purchasing that. And 
you know, that's the one thing I was like, you know, people go out and they buy like, like they're fans of this genre and they buy the 450 page hardcover tome that costs $85. And I'm like, what if you play a half a campaign and never come back to it? Right. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I, I <laughs> no, maybe, I'll, maybe that half a campaign was totally worth the $85, but it seems like an awfully big book to not play long-term. And don't get me wrong. I have a ton of books that I have not played long campaigns. I collect things, you know, um, it's part yeah, of I one think, of the, it's part of one of the ways of, of enjoying um, RPGs is just collecting and kind of absorbing the pieces that you like, and maybe you don't get a chance to play, but with a little, with a little zine game or a little zine supplement kind of thing to just spark ideas. If you're, you know, for, for GMing, because you can make zines that are built around just like giving ideas to people too. Um, super easy, super, super low impact. It's true. Yeah. No, I, I have my fair share of, uh, of RPGs on my shelf that, uh, you know, that I haven't played, but that I, I enjoyed the reading experience of. And that includes zines, by the way, you know, because I'm, well, one of the challenges I think with zines is in terms of the games is getting other people to to play with with me like if i say to somebody you know hey let's play this role-playing game that you've heard of you know there's this sort of buy-in of like oh yeah i've heard of that game can you teach me how to play you know there's sort of this pre-sell you know but with a zine game with an you know with a with a zine game sometimes it's like it can be a little bit of a tougher sell it's like it's like yeah listen I know you haven't heard of it, but it's hilarious. It's amazing. And you got to try it, you know. Um, so it sometimes can be a little bit more of a hurdle to get over. Um, but I, I, I personally, I love zine games. That's why I chose the topic, because I think they're they're uh, they're often uh, they often take chances, you know, with uh, with unusual mechanics. And with like things that we, like you would not see in any other type of publication. And so that's, I love the novelty of that, of like, of like, yes, like there's, there's one, I, I have a couple at my desk. There's this one uh, that I picked up at a convention called Rated R for Raccoon. Um, <laughs> and uh, everybody plays as a raccoon. And uh, you are trying to complete obstacles uh, as a raccoon, uh, such as jumping and stealing things. And you have like your own goal, but also there's a shared like pack goal. Um, but the thing is that you can't talk. You can only <laughs> mime and make raccoon sounds to the <laughs> other players. And it's like, there's no way that like some, like a, a role-playing game that like is like tons of money it puts like tons of money and resources behind it is gonna do a, is it gonna do a mechanic like that but it is like so much fun to like make raccoon noises at people also, i don't even know what sound a raccoon makes it's i i interpreted it it's as whatever sort of sound a, you want it to make it's sort of a <laughs> You know, sort of a <laughs> they're scary. They're scary, sort of scary and caustic. And then the and then it includes uh, it includes raccoon masks oh, that's cool. that you that you can cut out and 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 like this is like to me this is like the perfect like archetypal zine game. Like this is exactly what I want. It's like I want like something that would I would never do in uh, in a mainstream uh, TTRPG. It's like, it's like you could, I can imagine going to a publisher and pitching them this. It'll be like, who is the audience for this? 
what power what power fantasy does uh does being a raccoon serve and it's like no you don't understand it's just a funny thing to do for an afternoon you know yeah like joyous (laughs) joyous yeah I've I've toyed around with like just doing something that you would never do in a, in a larger form. One is an idea in my head that the tentatively titled destroy this game. Um, I don't know what the topic or what the what the theme of the game would necessarily be. I've, I've bounced around a few different ideas, but basically it would be here's a soft cover thing that's staple bound or whatever. And um, in order to play the game, you have to cut it to pieces like you have to cut tear the pages apart, pull them out, cut some of them up, make little tents out of other ones. You have to do all this stuff. So you basically, you buy this thing for, and make it super cheap. Like, you know, you buy it for like six, seven bucks, like barely make any money off of it. Just like put it out there and you, and somebody buys it and they have to destroy it in the process. Now, I don't know that that would sell, but you could give them the PDF with it. Um, right. So if they wanted to put the version on the shelf, they could, and they could just print the PDF pages and tear that all up. But I'd love to see people like buy that book and then come in the next day like buy it at a convention and then come into my booth at the next day and say and here we played it last night and just dump all the torn up pieces in front of me that right there would make my day would, would make Alex, my convention uh, for, for yeah, it's uh a fun, it's funny <laughs> that's a funny idea i like that idea i'm trying to think how you would how you like partly bo- partly board game and card game and you like all the tokens would be like you'd have to cut them out of the pages and you'd have some some of the pages you cut up into cards and there might be one page spread like the middle page spread is actually a board Right, Alex, and, you, and then you tear it all out, and the rules are just like the first three or four pages. Alex has a game that he's designing um, called, well, it's mostly designed already. It's called Planned Obsolescence that uses that idea. You have to like, <laughs> as you go through, you're collecting scrap for your little robots, but if they get hurt, you actually have to damage your little paper cutouts of your cute little robots that you've made and gave <laughs> names to, and all of this. Oh. Uh, when you, <laughs> yeah, so I I uh dis- destroy this book or like d- wreck this journal. I had a wreck this journal when I was a kid. It was really fun. I really enjoy like the the tack the 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 tactile feel. I think uh, a wreck this journal solo journal solo journaling RPG would also be very fun for me to do. <laughs> there's That's little a... little projects out there that people have done where like the artwork is in black and white and you're encouraged to color it like mm-hmm. as part of the game. Um, so it's a, it's also a coloring book, you know, like just little things that you could do that like almost become experiences unto themselves that you can't necessarily do again. Um, uh, 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 J Dragon, what's what's the game that they just did, where the whole point of the game is to like write in the you write in the book and you, you paste stuff into it and oh, like you create I'm you cre- sure. the book becomes an artifact of the time you spent playing the game. Um, I can't think of it. Yeah, there's there's lots of fun stuff out there, and and again, like with a zine, like no one's gonna pay forty dollars to <laughs> destroy their little wreck, zine. Wreck, 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 right, wreck, yeah. wreck a two hundred page book. A one time experience, well. you know. Yeah, yeah you might you might as well be playing a game called Destroy This Money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I play that game. Bill, and you just set it on set it on fire. I play um, that game every day. But I do think that I agree about the tactile <laughs> nature, which is why. I think my preference for zines is the physical object. And yeah. I know that like, which in a way it's like, I feel bad about because like, I know that like a creator, an indie creator can make more on a digital. If you're like selling your digital for $5 and you're selling your, uh, your physical for $5, like I know they'll make more on the digital, but the, the tactile nature of having it in my hand is like part of, it's like so much of the appeal 
because it feels like a limited edition object. Like it feels like, oh, like not everybody can have this or will have this. So it feels like a moment in time. It's like, a you know, like the way we think of, like we, we sort of forgot the meaning of the term record and sense, but it's like to record as in like to like, you know, to make a, a record that this happened, you know, that this music came together, that these people came together. And it's sort of like the zine is sort of like as a tactile object feels like a record of like something that happened, you know, in a way that like a file, uh, like a PDF on a folder in my hard drive called called zine, you know, called RPGs, read them. Uh, doesn't uh, doesn't have for me at least, but I I I'm guessing that changes. You know, I'm maybe I'm an ancient millennial, so that may be uh, that may be my preference. But maybe for younger folks, the digital editions are just as good or or better in some ways. Uh, no, I I, to them. I agree with you. I think part of the experience of a zine is having something that you can literally have in your hand and give to somebody else. Like you can literally like. You have this thing because the whole idea was you're you're like distributing it. You are giving and yes, you can do that online. But again, also in some of these subversive cultures that we are like the like, you know, like with leftist movements, um, for example, um, not all of your digital information is safe online, but it is a little safer for you to. Oh, I have the zine. I'm going to give it to you. We're going to learn how to do this thing, like whatever it is. Um uh, and yeah, I don't know, but there's just something, there is just something about it. Yeah. Um, I have actually with my students, so I, I teach high school, so I feel like I have a, a, a finger on the pulse of the youths out there. Good. Give <laughs> us the update. I need to know what's going on there. I, first TikTok. of all, they, they do absolutely love tactile things. There's a reason why, um, like, so a lot of these trends are about like physical objects that you can have in your hand and not just about like digital artifacts or whatever. There's a reason why NFTs bombed and they were not, <laughs> there's a reason why. Um, yeah. and I actually teach my students how to make zines. Um, a lot of the teachers in my school, like, we. Like we've had a we had a PD where we learned about zines actually, um, and uh, they're they're really fun to do and kids like to draw. Um, they they love like when you tell them oh we're gonna fold up some paper and cut it we're gonna make an eight page zine out of this one piece of paper they love that. Uh, they they love to like because we're humans, um, and our our whole stretch of evolution was tactile things that we could have with our hands our hands specifically evolved to be very <laughs> delicate machines that can do a lot of manipulative things um we're not designed to just look at a screen and manipulate things on a screen and that doesn't that doesn't produce the same kind of uh mm -hmm. experience um so no children have not changed that much from us they still also like to play with things yeah, they like I mean, they like the papers i mean certainly the board game industry relies on people loving yes. the physical and the tactile because th <laughs> those are the games that sell are the games with miniatures games with dice games with custom you know uh you know with the books and, and everything that's people want definite boards people want that like they will they you know uh what is gloomhaven like the most popular mm. you know one of the most popular games ever it's just like it's just all objects 
It's just yeah. a box of tiny objects that are very <laughs> difficult to put away once you have taken them out. Um, yeah. But uh, but it's impressive. And so I, I think zines fall into that on the DIY uh, scale for sure on the DIY side of things of like, yeah, like I made like I made this thing and I put it out there into the world. And, you know, that's there's that's different. Uh, it just hits different and physical for sure. And it hits different too when like there it if you walk past, for example, the IPR booth and you see all the cool colors and sizes and textures that are on their table, it's very appealing. It's very you wanna like rifle through it. Uh like like that is it's very attractive. Again, from like just a business standpoint, not even a creative standpoint. I think that there are definitely intrinsic merits to zine making but the extrinsic merit to zine making is that they look cool and people like to buy cool things and if you make your stuff look cool <laughs> they will say if i have this i will also be cool and they will buy the thing <laughs> <laughs> and they will be cool listeners they will be cool and it the makes dis- you cool to buy a zine <laughs> the display a- aspect of it too is they like so often um like big game books end up on shelves with their spines out, you know, and the, 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 the book is thick enough that the spine, you know, has a title on it. So you can tell what it is and blah, blah, blah. But like, like zines are going to be so thin that like, you can't put them like, like if somebody's going to display them in a game store um, or uh, at a, uh, at a convention or something, they're probably going to do it in some way. So you can see the cover. And so you're going to, and if they've got a lot of zines, you're going to have like all these very different covers. Like all these different colors and shapes, there might be some odd sizes, some weird, you know, like landscape shaped sizes, some, ex, you know, kind of really small ones, bigger ones um, with all sorts of like some will be, you know, very colorful. Some will be like, you know, a single color with black ink, you know, and some will be just straight up black and white. Um, some will be very detailed. Some will be not so detailed. And it's just it's a cornucopia of just really cool, interesting things like like this, the the sensory input that you receive is like, oh, I got to check out what every one of these weird little things is because there's look how many there are. And there's there's certainly there's something in there that's for me. Like, I there's see something them, in there that I will love. Yeah, I, I see them. I see it often when I'm at a table, like a publisher's table where they've got Z's. It's I see them uh, in like a long box kind of thing where it's like you're flipping through them almost like records. That can um, be cool too. Which I think is great. Um, I think that's awesome. Like, because it, 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 I think it's that discovery thing is like what I really, is another aspect of things that I love about zines of like, oh, I can't believe I found this. Like somebody made a game out of this, you know, based on this, like, <laughs> There, there's one I've got here um, that I picked up at a convention. This is uh, an RPG about nothing. This was a Seinfeld RPG that somebody <laughs> made. Uh, actually, not a somebody. Um, this is uh, uh, Pizza Pranks, who is uh, who runs uh, Indiepocalypse Gaming. Now, this must have been early, and I must have caught him early in his career with this. But um, the... Um, It's really great. It's got, you know, it's the attributes of characters are pettiness, confidence, likability, bluff, athleticism, luck. You know, you have frustration points. You know, he. I mean, it's a it's a very funny translation. Then he did character sheets for 
uh, for George, Jerry, uh, Kramer, and Elaine, you know, Kramer and Elaine. So you can like play out Seinfeld adventures. And it's like, <laughs> and it's, and it's like, again, it's like, you would net like, oh, it's what an amazing, like, weird, dis- like, what an amazing, weird discovery. Like, I was just at a convention. I, I didn't expect to go home with a Seinfeld RPG, but <laughs> I did. And that's great. You know, there's that thrill of discovery that's like, oh, I can't believe somebody did this. Yes. You know, I got to read. I got to read this. I got to hopefully find another th- three weirdos who will play who will play it with me. I, I think that harkens quite a bit to the, you know, where where we kind of know zines from probably the most is from like 70s and 80s punk and rock kind of zines um and and having to do with anything kind of in geek geek culture or very specific fandom cultures where you before the internet when you discovered things because you happened upon it by luck or your friend happened to find out about this and they introduced you to it where it's the same kind of discovery thing where you might be flipping through the the long box and also the long box makes me think quite a bit about um, two two different. You mentioned um, vinyl records in a box where you're flipping through it and finding the. But the other long box that we all know is geeks is comic comics. books, mm-hmm. and right. vinyl records and comics are collector things. Like nobody just owns a few vinyl That's records. Right. Nobody right. just owns a few comics. No uh, one just if, owns if, a few. If, if they're fl- yeah, if they're flipping true. yeah if they're flipping through comic long boxes, it's not because they own four um, mm-hmm. comics. Or it's because they now own four comics and they are on their way to owning a thousand. Um, And that's why they're going through (laughs) the long box because they're flipping through to see everything. What can I have? What do I need? Um, But it's almost certainly going to become collector culture um, for that sort of thing. So that, that plays in nicely too, like a a, a long box full of zines. It's like, it's the discovery and the, the collector. It's fun. It's Mm -hmm. fun to do. It's a little treasure hunt. Um, I have some practical advice for people who want to get into zines. I am really lucky enough to live in Chicago. And in Chicago, there's not just one or two bookstores that sell zines. There's uh, several, several of them. Um, go, Go to a city, a big city. Yeah. Um, and check out these independent bookstores that uh, that specialize in zines. See how they are pre- displayed. See how they're presented. Look at the kinds of content that you'll see in them. Get a lot of fun ideas. When you go to a convention, go look at the zines. Go find the zines. Go buy the zines and open them and, and read them. Like You want to do some research on that, especially if you, you're not like super familiar with the concept in general or you know, you're just looking into it. Um, and and not just within the TTRPG stuff, though. Like there are zines on art, there's comic zines, there's like everything. And the if you if you just get into a zine because you see that everyone's doing it on zine month and you don't do a lot of the like you're not really sure like why do we do these things or what are the conventions of them, your project can fall a little flat. Um, so I, again, I just, my recommendation is to do some reading and some research. Um, not, I don't, not saying you have to become an expert, but like, go, go actually check some out. Um, otherwise you're a poser and no. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes out. a poser. The, no, um, I just like I'm imagining Watsy putting on a zine and it makes my skin crawl. That's all. Oh. <laughs> 
the um yeah like every uh like every major city has a zine fest we in la where i live we have the uh the la zine fest which is fantastic um and uh you know just the uh you know the the range of creators that are that you know that that come out to these shows um bringing as you said all different types of zines i mean rpg zines i find at those shows at the zine fairs are like kind of a rare thing like you'll yeah. see them but they're not like the primary thing right. i think a lot of zines are like auto bio uh there's a lot of mini comics which are you know which are the type of zines that you'll see um you know uh yeah, a lot of like funny novelty weird like humorous sort of things um you know stuff of st like collage art kind of stuff um that could be fairly inspirational you know that, that may inspire uh may inspire you to create something uh new and different um and uh yeah they're just fun to explore and then yeah and then but then also uh of course uh you know the the major uh kick the zine quest at kickstarter uh zemo the the alternate which i did the first year of zemo um i did uh some little tiny uh game books game book scenes uh like just uh eight page little game book scenes that i gave away for free uh and it was fun uh got, got people from around the world uh uh you know asking for free um for mailing them these little tiny zines and it was fun uh it's a really cool thing so uh yeah i i love it a celebration of creativity yeah and in, in fun different ways um anyone have any final thoughts before we wrap up put a little bow on this episode staple the spine and send it out in the mail <laughs> <laughs> i i say you know uh i i think we've been talking about this if you have an idea and you're just you you know it's the kind it's a big it's like a it's like something that you just kind of want to see out in the world um try it as a zine like, see if you can do it in like eight to 12 pages. See, see what happens, you know, and play test it and have fun with it. And if you feel like, oh, you know what? I've hit on something and I want to do make it turn into something bigger. You know, you could pursue that. But you also might say, you know what? That that idea was was perfect. I spent a month or two on it and and uh, I can now play it. And uh, and I feel like I expressed this idea. And uh, yeah, then, then that's all you then maybe that's all you need. So it's a good tool in that in in the designer's toolbox, I think. Jeffrey, thank you for coming on to the show and talking to us about zines. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Where can we find you and maybe your zines and things <laughs> like that? Yeah, well, uh, this is exciting because I've just uh, so I, I I from uh, for four and a half years uh, over the course of four and a half years, I released a hundred interactive fiction games, um, micro interactive fiction games with my newsletter Adventure Snack. Uh, I wrapped it up at the end of last year at a hundred games, and I'm starting a new newsletter called Equip Story, and you can sign up for it at equipstory.com. And uh, it's going to be uh, sort of part game dev diary, uh, part uh, career memoir. You know, I've been in uh, I've been a narrative designer and a game designer for 15 years. I've worked for major studios, uh, you know, Capcom, Ubisoft, Square Enix and indie studios around the world. I've made tabletop games and board games and video games. And I'm going to be telling my story 
while at the same time taking on game dev projects that uh, are exciting, but also intimidate me. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be almost game design as like stunt. I'm going to be the evil Knievel and try some <laughs> stuff that's super weird, super weird. And I might, I might fail. I might flop, but, but I'm going to try and I'm going to document the whole process for people who are. Uh, so, so for anybody who is interested in game design, uh, who's like interested in that as a discipline, uh, come to equipstory.com and, and I think you'll have a good time with uh, with my new newsletter. Okay, that sounds really fun. Can you can you spell that website? Mm -hmm. Equip, E-Q-U-I-P, story, S-T-O-R-Y. I thought you said equip, but you also said it very fast. So Oh, <laughs> I, I gotta to make slow sure it down. <laughs> this is the first time I've talked about it on a podcast, so that's good to know. You gotta yeah. slow it down. Because it sounded like quip story. at first. I was like, mm, I don't think story. So. <laughs> Which is, you know, equip. Uh, it's, oh, it's like a witty retort. Uh, <laughs> no, equip. Equip. Like uh, I, I, in a lot of video games or, or role-playing games, like you equip your armor, like you equip, you know, your sword and stuff. And you equip for me, your daredevil helmet and your jacket <laughs> and get on your motorcycle. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, this is me sort of like, like equip story, like the story is like my weapon. That's like how what I go into battle with is like my my abilities as a writer and a, and a narrative designer. And I, I sort of uh, that's the that's the armor that I have on as I go into battle with my various uh, projects of choice. Very cool. Very cool. Um, you can find me at wannabegames.com, wannabegames at Drive Here RPG or on Itch or on Twitter or other social media at Jessica. Um, we have a zine month project, uh, the Steamboat Willie, uh, right. <laughs> Steamboat Willie down the river. Um, we are, it is a game about pursuing art, uh, being creative and the eventual damage that can occur when you do those things. Uh, so come, come, come go check that out on Kickstarter or we're wrapping up at this moment, the Steamboat Willie game jam welcoming it into the public domain and uh yeah very excited about that i am at nerdburger craig on the various social medias uh, my website is nerdburgergames.com you can find the games at drivethroughrpg.com if you want the fancy versions of any of the cool hardcovers those are at the store on the website um and uh i don't have any zine thing in the works but now i got myself thinking again and i'm gonna probably jot some ideas down right after we get done talking here <laughs> i know that's how i feel too i did i've i it's been a while since i've done uh since i've done one and now i'm like oh maybe i should do a new uh a new zine game that'd be fun uh thank you to our opening and closing theme song which is avel by steph Sachs, licensed under creative commons thank you steph Sachs, and thank all of you for listening and we'll see you back here next time Bye bye bye